Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. As we are now a few weeks before Christmas, the time that is also called Advent, Dave Stückelschweiger will center today's sermon on this special season of the year. As Advent is the time where we expect the coming of the Savior, it is also a season of waiting. As we learn more about waiting in Psalm 130, what are we really waiting for and how should we spend this time of waiting? Well, join us and Dave now for today's message. When we read in Galatians 5.22 about the fruit of the Spirit, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so among those is patience. Um, and that means that patience is something that we don't naturally have, but something um, that God wants to give us and something that we get through the Holy Spirit. But there are different kinds of waiting, right? Um, there are different kinds of waiting. There's the annoying waiting that you feel like it's a waste of time when you stay uh, when you stand in front of the um, counter at the grocery store and, and you want to um, pay for it, but somehow there's a person in front of you that buys enough groceries so- to to feed his whole soccer team for two weeks. Um, it takes really long, or there's somebody who cannot find a card or is looking for the right coin because they don't want to pay by card, whatever. Um, there's the waiting in traffic where where feels like a waste of time most of the time. Um, there's the waiting at the city office or right now at the post office. If you've ever gone to the post office the last few weeks, um, you wait a really long time just to um, pick up your mail. There's this kind of waiting also when you wish that things would develop faster. I don't know if you have kids. I've heard I don't have kids. Um, But there's this waiting where you wish your kids would grow up faster. um, So you would have a little bit more freedom. Once they're older, you wish they hadn't grown up that fast. Um, Or there's waiting... for, for you to finally graduate when you've worked for a really long time and, and you wish um, just to um, get it done. There's this kind of waiting when you want to buy something and you're saving up money, but you don't have enough yet. But at some point, you will reach that point and then you will be there. There's this kind of waiting when you wish to go on a holiday and it takes a few more weeks or months till um, the time comes. But there's also other kinds of waiting which are not so pleasant. There is this kind of worrisome waiting um, when that kind of puts a knot in your stomach. When, when you know something is not right and you go to the doctor and you wait for your results to come back. Or when you expect your loved one to arrive at home but they're still not here at a certain time. Or when you hear rumors that people get laid off at work and you don't know what will happen to you or, or to your foreign family. Or there's also this kind of waiting when you wish something would have happened already. When you have waited to find a spouse for so long, or when you hope to have a baby and still waiting to get pregnant. When you've been looking for a job for a while and you've applied for many positions and waiting to finally start somewhere. So I guess none of us, nobody really likes waiting, especially not in our time when we're so used to just buying food 24-7. You can do it online or um, you can buy your groceries um, at any point of the day. Um, if you don't know the answer, right, you can Google it um, right away. So if you, if you have a discussion with someone at the table, some, there's always someone that pulls out the phone and Googles it, and then they know exactly the answer. That, that's usually me, but it's fine. Um, so nobody likes to wait. For some, it might be easier than for others. Um, and sometimes waiting can be very painful. 
And here we are in the season of Advent, which is also in a way a season of waiting. <clears throat> and at the beginning of Advent, I read an article from a Christian author, and, and he talked about this aspect of waiting, and he lamented that even we as Christians even we don't want to wait. Even though we read the Bible and we know that it took Jesus um, just thousands of years to finally come to earth. Um, the Jews waited for so long. And then even when Jesus arrived, he waited for 30 years just to start his ministry. When we read the Bible, we know that the Moses waited for 40 years to start his ministry. When we know that Joseph was in Egypt for 13 years before it, um, it started, when um, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, when they waited for 25 years to receive a child. And so we know that waiting is part of the Christian life, but we still don't like it. And so the author lamented that even we as Christians, we don't want to wait. And, and even at the beginning of Advent, a lot of people set out the nativity scenes already because they can't wait for the four weeks um, till Christmas is finally here. I don't know about you, but many of us, we have Christmas cookies, right? And we don't want to wait till Christmas. We want to eat them already. And then by the time Christmas is here, nobody likes the cookies anymore because we ate them already. And so we don't really like the waiting and so let's, let's turn to this text today at Psalm 130, verses 5 to 7. And here the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being wait, waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. So we can't say for sure who wrote this um, psalm. Maybe it was King David. Maybe it was written later when the Israelites were in captivity. Maybe by Ezra, Nehemiah. Um, nobody knows for sure. But in verse 5, what we see is we see a person that is expecting for God to act. We don't know how long a person has been in this situation. We don't know what happened. But what we know is this person is waiting um, um, for, for God to do something. And this person even says it multiple times. When we look at verse 5 and 6, he says it over and over, um, that I wait for the Lord, um, my whole being waits for the Lord, or some translate, my whole soul waits for the Lord. And then it says in verse 6, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. See, watchmen were guards responsible for protecting a town from danger. They worked at night. They were overseeing the town, making sure that nothing happened inside the town and nothing happened outside. <clears throat> but see, at night, it was not clear to them what, what, they, what they could see. Maybe they saw a shadow of something, uh, but they weren't sure. But then they were waiting for the morning to start, for the sun to rise, so that they would finally see what is out there. Um, and things would get clearer, and they would get clarity. And so this is kind of also the waiting that we have sometimes as Christians. We wait, and we expect, and we want to see things clearer. And in the same way, this psalmist waits for the Lord. When we examine the Hebrew word for waiting, which is kava, um, we find that it carries a certain meaning with it. The Hebrew word for waiting means that there is a stretch in a rope. Um, so there's this kind of like tension that comes with it. 
And so when we think about that, um, and, and, and we compare it to our lives, we often feel the same way. I mean, I don't know about you, but, but when you're waiting, when it's uncertain, um, when you're expecting something, hoping for something, but you don't know for sure, then you often, or at least I often, feel this tension, feel this uncertainty, feel this um, uneasiness that comes with it. And I, not, I don't just mean when you wait at the supermarket, when, when you tap your, your feet because it takes too long, um, um, but it also the waiting it also means the waiting when you wait for the results um, at a doctor's office when when you wait for your um, job to find to finally find a job when you wait for a solution and a bigger problem that you have and it's kind of also like this watchman who waits for the morning to start so that he can finally go to bed and rest in peace so the watchman was was um, at, uh, he, he was working the whole night and he was in tension in a way. He was making sure everything was fine. But whenever the sun was rising in the morning, he could go back home and start to sleep. And so this is kind of also what we are longing for when we are waiting for the Lord. But it also says in verse 5, and that's something that we should not, um, should not miss in Psalm 130, verse 5. It says, in his word I put my hope. That's tough, right? Because, I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I often don't like giving away control. Um, I kind of like to have control of the things that, and the ideas that I have and, and the solutions that I come up with. Um, but what he says, the psalmist here, he says, um, in his word, in God's word, I put my hope. And so this is the opposite of what we as, as humans tend to do. Because we put our hope in our own abilities, in, in our resources, in, in our plans that we come up with, in, in our friends, in our connections, um, in our experience. That's what, we, that's what we usually go for. But here it says, I put my hope in his word. And so... God's word includes two things. Um, that means, on the one hand, that means God's promise, promises. Uh, when we wait, we can put our hope in God's promises, knowing that what God says will be true, will forever be true. And also what God says about the future will eventually happen. But I would say putting our hope in God's word means also putting our hope in God's past, in, in what God did in the past. And so when we think about our hope for the future, we have, our, we have hope for the future because we have hope in a person, in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not a hope that just things get better, but it's a hope in the person of Jesus Christ. And we hope in Jesus Christ because of what we've seen in the past. See, our hope is not a blind hope. Sometimes people accuse Christians um, of having like blind faith and a blind hope, just this wishful thinking that something would be better or whatever, how messed up this life might be, there's something better afterwards. But I would say as Christians, um, the, the way the Bible defines it, we don't have just hope in, in something better to come because we wish that something better would come, but we have hope in Jesus Christ because of the past, because of what he did. This is why we have hope. And in verse 7, when we look at Psalm 130, verse 7, we say that it says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. So not just Israel, we all are to put our hope in the Lord. And, I mean, today is also the Sunday of hope. 
um, uh, which is like every every advent has a unique um, um, topic assigned to it. And today is also the Sunday of Hope. So besides knowing God's promises, um, we know his actions in the past. And so we can rest um, by what God in the past did in the past, he will do in the future. And another thing that we can trust in is not just God's promises in the past, but we can also trust in God's character. When we look at verse 7, it says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. So two things. It says, for with the Lord is unfailing love. Unfailing love for steadfast love and plentiful redemption. So we know God's character. Uh, we have hope in him and because we know his character. Um, I hope you know. And if you don't know, then you learn, you get to know God and learn about him. Learn about this character. This is what gives us hope in times of waiting. And so what we see here are two things. First of all, it's his unfailing love. Um, the love that God has for us. The love that that made him come to earth and, and allowed him um, to, to, to sacrifice his own son so that we could be united with him. And the second thing is that with him we have full redemption. We have been set free um, from our sins and we were welcomed into his family. And so we rest in God because of his past and his promises. And we rest in God because of his character but there's also a third thing that we shouldn't forget. And this is we can rest in God because of his abilities and power. And I would like to turn to another text in Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 4. Isaiah 64, verses 1 through 4. Um, there Isaiah says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. See, we can trust in God because we know his ability and power. When we look here, we see that God is, first of all, God is bigger than any of the mountains. Um, mountains, both the figurative mountains and the real mountains, the obstacles that we face in our lives. And what we see here also in verse 2 is that God is stronger than any of our enemies. God is stronger than any of um, the people that want to harm us or any of um, enemies in our own mind. And God is mightier than any of the nations. See, Isaiah spoke to the people of Israel who were afraid of the nations, of, of the neighboring nations. Um, and instead of coming to God, what they did is they went to the Egyptians. They went and forged alliances with other nations to protect them. But what they should have come is they should have come um, to God who is stronger than, and, and, than any of the nations around them. And then we read in verse 4, at the end, God acts on those who wait for him. And this is what is for us when we are in this time of waiting. We know that God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. <clears throat> and so what does waiting for God look like? 
waiting for God looks like three things. There's wait and pray. There's wait and rest. And there's wait and act. The first is always to wait and pray. Like I said, the people um, at the time of Isaiah, they, they were looking to the neighbors. They were looking for, for plans how to save their nation, how to come up with good defenses, um, how to stay alive. And instead of that, they should have come to God. And so oftentimes, <clears throat> I think also um, in our lives, this is how we act, at least in my life. Um, Instead of coming to God when, when problems arise, I often come up with ideas, how to solve it. I try to do something really quick, change a plan, come up with some other solution. And then only when all of that failed, then I realize I should come to God. And so we need to make a habit and we need to find a habit um, of coming to God first and, um, and bringing our problems before Him first and then do what He says Oftentimes, it's not always easy to um, understand what he wants us to do. But what we want to do is to come and lay our problems before him first. But see, prayer is not the only thing that what we can do. I once heard this analogy that prayer is like, <clears throat> prayer is like calling your doctor and saying, I'm in trouble, um, there's pain, what do I need to do? And so oftentimes when I pray, I just, that's what I do. I come before God and say, God, this is my problem. On the one hand, I know God, God knows everything that we go through, right? So he's not surprised by anything. He doesn't need, to, he doesn't need extra updates. He's not, um, he knows everything. But on the other hand, God is the one who wants to talk to us. And he wants us, he wants you um, to tell him what are your challenges that you face in your daily lives. And so just like in this parable or this comparison with a doctor, um, the doctor might tell you to, one thing to lie down and just rest. Sometimes that is the solution for whatever your problem is. Sometimes you don't even need a doctor. You can talk to a friend and they will tell you the same thing. But other times they will tell you to, um, to do something about, maybe take some medicine, maybe do some exercise, whatever it might be. Um, so either waiting can mean to wait and rest but waiting can also mean to wait and act. See, when it comes to wait and rest, um, sometimes God will work for you. Sometimes if you just sit back and trust God and, and hand it over to Him, He will do a marvelous work. And then what we can do is to sit back and marvel at what He did. This is something that happened to the Israelites in the desert um, <clears throat> after, they left, after they left Egypt in Exodus Chapter 14, 13, and 14, we see that. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. So for them, they could sit back and do nothing and just wait for the Lord um, to solve it. And sometimes this is what we're called to do. Sometimes we um, are called to hand over our problems to the Lord um, and, and trust Him and wait for Him to solve it. But see, at other times, waiting also means to act. When David um, was fighting the Philistines, um, he waited and prayed, and he said, Lord, should I go up against the Philistines? And here the interesting thing is God answered, Go up, I will give them into your hands. To him, he did not say, lie, lie down and, 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 and some miracle will happen. But he said, go up and fight. 
And so this is also interesting um, because we have to be careful. We often think that waiting means doing nothing. Waiting for the Lord means that I just do nothing and God does everything. But see, waiting is not just um, waiting and resting. Waiting can also mean waiting and acting. See, when David was fighting um, the Philistines, he was not stopping. He did not stop to wait for the Lord to do some miracle. But he was expecting the Lord to do a miracle with him and through him. And the other thing is that, that once we start doing something, we sometimes think that we don't have to wait for the Lord anymore. Sometimes we think when we start doing something, when we see a direction that we can go, that we, we can do it all by ourselves. But waiting on the Lord means that we expect Him to work in and through us. And so waiting is a deeper issue. It's not just, um, it's not just about spending time and, or not doing something or doing something. It is a deeper heart issue. We should have a spirit of waiting within us, a spirit of expectancy, a spirit that, that out of what we do and through what we do, um, God is to do some miraculous thing. And also a spirit of expectancy that God would enable us and give us the power to do so. Um, yeah. Even when God says act, we rely on his work because we know that we're vulnerable, vulnerable and we know that our life is uncertain. And we know that we need his strength to do it. And then we can watch God at work. See, coming to an end, when, when we see trouble, waiting for the Lord means, first of all, to wait and pray. You bring your problems before the Lord. And then sometimes waiting can mean wait and rest. And for us, we can sit back and we wait for God to do um, a marvelous thing, and we praise him for that. But sometimes waiting can mean act, acting. Sometimes waiting can mean, just like in the case of King David, he waited for the Lord to do something the Lord told him to fight. And both of that is waiting. The important thing is, in all that we do, we give glory to God. And so in this Christmas time, when, when our waiting um, is also sometimes maybe a waiting of uncertainty. Some of us, we don't know what will happen the next few months or years. Some of us might be anxious about the developments that we see. Some of us, we're waiting for, for um, our loved ones to come home or we're waiting for results from the doctor or we're waiting for a job or something to change in our lives and, and it feels hard in this uncertainty. Uh, and what we can do in this waiting is to wait for the Lord to do a miracle and to work in and through us. And that sometimes means waiting and resting. And at other times it means waiting and acting. And I would like to close um, with a verse from Psalm 20, verse 7. Where the psalmist says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. I would like to pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you. Um, that you work in this world, Lord. Um, we are your children, not because we're so great, but because you're so great. Lord, you came running after us and, and, and you came to rescue us and save us and help us and support us. Thank you, Lord, um, that I experienced this and so many of us experienced this. Lord, and you also see our uncertainty sometimes when we're waiting, when we're, um, when we feel the tension around us and, Lord, we pray that in this time, 
uh, we would first of all find time to bring our problems and tensions before you, Lord, and then that we would listen to what you say, Lord, um, that when, when it's time for us to wait and rest, that you would um, allow us the mercy to, to, to sit down and rest and wait for you to do. And Lord, when, when it's time to act, give us, um, give us the strength to do the things that are necessary. Heavenly Father, thank you that we know that you work in and through us, Lord, that we know that nothing in this world is out of your hands, Lord, and, and you're mightier and stronger than any of the challenges that we face. And thank you, Lord, that you walk with us. And even when we fail, we know that, Lord, you will never fail. And thank you that we, you will never give us up and never forsake us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.